0: Well, this morning we are in week two of our series, Home Improvement. We're talking about developing faith at home. So if, if you're a parent, or if you know someone who is a parent, had a parent, or, or you would agree with this statement, I want to ask you to raise your hand. Is parenting difficult? <laughs> parenting parenting can be difficult. Parenting can be hard stuff. Uh, Mark Twain said it was so hard, in fact, that he gave this advice. He said that when children turn 13, you should put them in a barrel and nail the lid shut and feed them through the knot hole. And then he says when they turn 16, you should plug the knot hole up. (laughs) We're not there yet in my house, (laughs) Um, but parenting children of any age can be a real challenge. It's tough to be a parent. I've had more joy, I promise you, uh, from parenting than than just about anything else in my life. Uh, But there is a lot of pain when we don't get things right as parents or our kids Uh, don't get things quite right in their own lives, or or maybe they choose to go off and do things on their own. One of the joys that I have as a parent, uh, even of of just a five-year-old and an 18-month-old, is the growing library of stories of the goofy things that they do. Uh, Like this past week, Lily Grace, our 18-month-old, learned to say no, but she doesn't This is how she says it. I actually did it for you there. She doesn't just say no. She says, Mo. So it's not quite no. It's Mo. And she points. (laughs) So she'll look at you and you can ask her anything. And she'll look at you and say, Mo. And she looks at her sister and she says, Mo D, which is no Addy. Mo D. um, She's just learning all sorts of incredible things. As parents, we, we've got to be in awe of what happens in our children's lives um, from the time they're born to the time that they leave our households um, and become uh, adults on their own. If you're not a parent um, or you think that one day you, you might be a parent, one of the questions that you've got to ask is what is our priority as a parent? What what should our highest priority be as parents Of children as those who are helping shape and mold the lives of these young people that are under our care. And I want to suggest to you that our highest priority is not making our kids winners, it's not making them highly competitive or marketable um, in the economy or athletic or even academically superior to their peers. No, I think. A parent's priority is something very different. A parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from their parents until their dependence rests solely on God. I want to say that to you again. Our priority as a mom and or a dad is to gradually transfer dependence. Our children, when they're little, Lily Grace, our 18-month-old, Um, She thinks she can run lots of things, but she is absolutely dependent on Stephanie and I for literally everything. And she's been with us a year and a half now. You'd think she'd have figured some things out, right? But she doesn't know how to work the microwave yet. And she can't reach the stove to cook dinner. Lily Grace is absolutely dependent on Stephanie and I. Uh, Addie, who's who's five years old now and is, is in kindergarten, um, five years old going on 21, um, she also thinks that she has the ability to, lot, to do lots of things and, and take care of lots of things. But the truth is she can't drive and there's no way for her to make money. She's dependent on Stephanie and I and our role, our job as parents is to help her grow and to help her mature so that gradually she becomes less dependent on us in all areas of her life and more dependent on God in all areas of her life. Same thing for Lily Grace. Our goal is for her to be independent of us and wholly dependent on the God that she knows and that she loves. That is the greatest thing that we can do as parents. Because the truth is, we as parents, we're going to mess up and we're going to let our kids down. There are going to be times when we do, when we let our children down. So we need to be transferring their dependence from us to God who is completely faithful. and will be completely true to them in every single way and in every single circumstance. We need to be able to teach our children to be fully dependent on God. Now, where does this thought come from? Where does this idea arise from? If you go back later on this week, I want you to take a look at Deuteronomy chapter five. In Deuteronomy five, um, Moses introduces the 10 commandments, the big 10 laws that God would challenge his people to live by. And speaking of these commandments, Moses gives literally one of the greatest teachings on parenthood in all of the scriptures. He says this, he says, these are the commands the decrees and laws that lord your god directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the jordan to possess moses is leading is getting ready to send these people over the jordan into the land that they're going to lead and he says you need to learn these laws that god has directed me to teach you so that you so that you so that you and also your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. As you teach your children to fear the Lord, as you teach them to live according to His commands, not only will you be changed. See, this is the thing that we miss as parents all the times. All the time, we think that that we're supposed to teach our children how to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. When the truth is. Before we ever teach them anything, we ourselves have to be transformed. We ourselves have to learn what it means to be a faithful follower of God. As we learn to be followers of God, the next generation will be transformed. This is what Moses is trying to hammer into the the minds of these Hebrew people as they head into the promised land. Learn to live as people of God. So that your children may learn to live as people of God. So that their children may learn to live as people of God. So that their grandchildren may learn to live as people of God. See, transforming a generation for God doesn't begin with the next generation. It begins with your generation. Whether you're 16, 68, or 108. 108. Transforming the next generation begins with having your life transformed. Because the truth is, you and I, we are passing something on to the next generation, to our children. We are passing something on. And this is where the verses you heard from Proverbs can be very, very helpful. Listen again to Proverbs 22, 1. It says, A good name is more desirable than great riches, to be esteemed better than silver or gold. Parents, you are passing on a name to your children, and your name is more valuable than silver or gold. The name that you pass on has the potential to be more valuable than silver or gold. It has potential to be more valuable than your 401k or than the trust fund or or whatever it is that you have pushed to the side for your children or grandchildren. Your name is one of the greatest gifts that you will ever give your children. Your name is one of the greatest gifts that you will ever give to your grandchildren. Now, I don't mean Jonathan or julie or thomas or tim that those are that's not the name that i'm talking about when we speak of name what we're talking about is your example in life your reputation who you are at your core this is one of the greatest gifts that you can pass on as a parent or a grandparent or a godparent Because who you are becoming has everything to do with who your children are becoming and who their children are becoming. And building a good name, building a good reputation for yourself in life and in faith begins with centering your life, your life as mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, centering Your life on Jesus Christ. What are you passing on to your kids? Are you passing on a legacy of baseball? A legacy of soccer or or high test scores or dance or stress or alcoholism or abuse? What are you passing on to your children? Because the truth is you're passing on something. You're passing on something. But have you ever considered what it is? You know, I'd hate it, I would hate it, if when I die, my daughters, if all they had to say about me was how great a soccer coach I was for them when they were under the age of six, when I was their U6 soccer coach. I'd hate for them to talk about how he won games and how we had fun and we played together because that's not what I want them to remember about me. I don't want them to remember soccer Sure, I want my girls to remember the fun that we had and the experiences and our time on the field, but ultimately the legacy that I want to leave For my children is a legacy of faith, a legacy of trust in God, so that when I'm gone, they understand who it is I have trusted my life to, and so that they themselves have put their full trust in God. If I make a good name to pass on to them, if I live my life as an example of what it means to be a follower of Christ, this is something that they will take in and they will absorb. What you pass on to your children is vitally important. How important is your role? How important is it? I came across a study a few years ago that I thought was really interesting about kids who grow up to become active followers of Christ as adults. Um, If you're you're just following along with me, you can take down some of these numbers. If mom and dad, if mom and dad, if parents, both parents went to church, then 72% of kids will also go to church as adults. If mom and dad both go to church, then there's a 72% chance that those kids will go to church as adults. That's pretty awesome. Now, if only mom went to church, the percentage drops dramatically. The percentage drops down to 15%. If only mom goes to church. Now, dad, you might be thinking, well, how important is my role? If, If dad only went to church, the number jumps back up to 55%. Fathers matter. Fathers matter. Your example will shape the future of your children and ultimately their children. If mom and dad never went to church, that number drops only to 6%. Only 6% of kids whose parents don't go to church will grow up to become active followers of Jesus Christ and active members of a local church. How you live your life matters. How you live your life matters, not just in terms of how you go to church. Your kids, they see you. They see how you work. They see what you do to relax. They see how you treat your friends. How you treat your spouse. How you treat people who annoy you and frustrate you. It's true. Your kids know. My kids know. They see how you treat people who are less fortunate than you. And they're soaking all of this in. And this is all what we're passing on to our children. Parents, you have a name and an example and a reputation that you can pass on to your children. And you also have the responsibility as you live your life of faith to train up your children to empower them to become the men and women that God has created them to be you as parents we as parents we have been charged to lead our family now you might say yeah i've heard that before i've been charged to lead my family as as dad i'm the spiritual head of the household i don't know what that means but that's i, I know i've heard that sermon before but you know what you're not just a leader as a parent You're not just called to be a leader. You're called to be an intentional leader. You're called to be an intentional leader. Lots of people lead people places. But when it comes to our families, we have to be intentional leaders, which means we choose to do things differently than the rest of the world. Uh, there was a quote I ran across from Edward, the Duke of Windsor. He, he had this to say about America. He said, The thing that impresses me most about America is the way the parents obey their children. Think about that for a second. The way the parents obey their children. Parents, are you leading your children intentionally? Or are your children leading you? Just think about your week. Think about where you've spent your time. Are you leading your children? Or are they leading you? Parents, you are called to lead your children spiritually. You are called to set the tone and to set the pace of their faith development and their personal development. You are the divine authority in their household. You are the ones that set the tone. And I'm not going to tell you four Ps that will fix how you lead your household because the truth is all of your homes are different. But what you have to do is look at your life. Look at your family life. And begin thinking intentionally, intentionally, about how you are going to set the pace and the spiritual and personal growth for your children. I don't have the answer for your family, but I can tell you that it begins with your commitment to Christ, and it continues on through your intentional commitment to lead your family. Parents, you are passing on something to your children. What are you giving them? What are you passing on to them? If your heart is wholly surrendered to God, parents, you're in charge. And just because everyone else is doing something, just because everyone else is playing soccer on Sunday or baseball late on Saturday night doesn't mean that you and your family have to. Just because gymnastics meets only happen on weekends doesn't mean that you have to go. You just have to figure out what's most valuable for you and for your children. What's going to help them become fully dependent on God instead of you? Whenever you make those decisions for your children, you're leading intentionally. When you're not so concerned about your children's immediate happiness as you are their holiness and full pursuit of God... In every single way, you're being intentional. You're leading with intentionality. It doesn't mean it can't be fun. It doesn't mean you can't be happy and they can't be happy. But it does mean you're thinking differently about how you're going to lead your family. The Bible calls that training. 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 We begin training up our children when we commit our lives to God. And we think intentionally about how we will lead our families. Stephanie and I um, have made a choice about our kids. We want them to enjoy sports. We want them to be active and have an active lifestyle. But we're committed to making sure that that active lifestyle doesn't ever impinge on, on their faith development. Which means sometimes we're not going to be able to make weekend soccer games. It also means that that sometimes Stephanie and I have to rearrange our schedules so that they can have that experience on the soccer field, so that they can enjoy being active. But in all those decisions, we're being intentional about the type of children they're growing up to be. Are you being intentional with your family? Or are you letting the world tell you how to raise up your children? Are you being intentional, or are you just going with the flow? Now I want to turn the tables a little bit and talk just for a minute um, to the children in this room. How many of you here have ever been children? (laughs) Okay, good, we're all on the same page. All right, I was a child once, and the Ephesians text you heard read is very important, kids, all of you who are kids here. Children, obey your parents. Why? Because this is the only law that comes with a promise. And what's the promise? That you will live long in the land. You remember this verse, right? Bob read it beautifully earlier. You will live long in the land if you listen to your parents. Here's the reason why, y'all. Because you're young. You're young. And do you know what you don't have whenever you're young? You lack wisdom. Okay? Okay? Wisdom is knowledge, which you may have, plus experience, which you don't have. You may know lots of stuff as a student, as a young adult, as a 20-year-old, as a 33-year-old. You may know lots of things, but you have not enough experience, and so you don't have wisdom. The reason that you can live long in the land if you obey your parents is because they have something that you don't have, and that is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom about your life, and wisdom about your future, wisdom about who you are and who you are becoming that you don't possess. Kids, your parents can see in you things that you could never see on your own. They see your promise and your potential. They see the future that you could have if you'll lean into their leading and their example. Children, obey your parents so that you might live long in the land. But parents, parents, don't exasperate your children. Don't you love that, that translation of the text? Don't exasperate your children. Don't wear them out. Listen, faith development is a journey. That we are all on together, each and every one of us, young, old, and in between. We're on a journey together. And what that means is that we're all working at it. Parents, if you love God, and if you love your children, and if you lead intentionally, things will be all right. Things will be all right. They may not be easy. They may not be easy. They may even be trying at times. But things will be all right. If we love God. If we love our children. And if we lead intentionally. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we give you thanks that you have given so many of us Godly examples of parents. Help us, Lord, to be godly parents as well. To lead our families with intentionality, with purpose. Help us to trust you with our lives so that one day our children might also trust you with their lives. May our example, may our faithfulness inspire them to follow You more and more. Lord, help us as we seek to follow after You, as we seek to live as Your children. This we pray in the name of Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.